Hey world, you're listening to The Real Rob Taylor here on Pomona Rocks. Special welcome to Pomona Rocks members hearing the show first and ad-free. Thank you for supporting independent music. Out of the UK, Danny Beardsley has played guitar since he was just nine years old, the founder of the Parallax Method, who've put out two EPs so far and have an album in the works. In various forms, he's played festivals including Download, Bloodstock, UK Tech Fest, Hard Rock Hell and more. Danny's got a new album out, Chase the Sun, on the 24th of June 2022. And Danny joins us now to walk us through it. Danny, how are you? Hi Rob. Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me today. That's right. It's a pleasure, pleasure to uh, to have you here. So, um, uh, you just returned. You told me uh, from your first gig in a while. How did that feel? Oh, it was fantastic. I've been. Uh, it's been two and a half years. Wow. So um, I played the yeah the the debut launch of the first album, um, and then a Christmas show after that, and then the dreaded COVID hit. Mm. and uh it was like return to the studio and just focus on <laughs> writing and recording and preparing for live shows again so last night was the what i've been working towards and uh it was an absolute success so brilliant uh, yeah it felt really good being back back on stage Rob. that's excellent uh, that's good to know so have you are there more shows lined up or is this a just kind of a one-off uh so i've got a an acoustic show at a well it's actually it's a heavy metal festival in um in Nottingham, right. It's called Man- Mangata Festival, and that's on the sixteenth of July. And uh, at first, I was asked to play it, and I was thinking, mm, I don't know if I'm quite heavy enough to play that. But they wanted uh, an acoustic artist, so uh, I'm doing acoustic version tracks from both albums. So excellent. Okay, yeah, I'm cool. looking so forward to that one. That, well, that, me too. I, I, that sounds like it's going to be quite an experience, um, and it'd be good to hear how that goes. Um, you um, uh, so you mentioned both albums. So you, you, you've you've been in various bands, and as I mentioned in the intro, various forms and stuff like that. Um, the Parallax Method is your is your current sort of parallel project um, with uh, with your own work. Um, so just uh, just tell us how that how that works. You know, uh, your um, uh, your bandmates in the Parallax Method are they part of the Danny Beardsley project? Uh, yes, in in, in short, yes. Um like best buddies so when you've got that kind of um relationship and the skill and ability that they've got it's just really easy to work with them we're so comfortable with each other and we've been through a lot with each other so um with parallax we we write together um everybody kind of critiques each other's parts and uh, we kind of what with you know the concept all together which is super cool um as for my own material i write everything and then hand them the parts that i want them to play and then they make it sound better <laughs> right so um so uh yeah it's it's just a, a joy to play music with those boys so no that's great i mean it, it sounds like you've got a very um kind of two-way street on on your work you're not too sort of um protective about your own creation i guess no and, and especially it's nice to have the the two creative outlets um with with parallax it's very you know collaborative and then with my own stuff it's kind of i'm just kind of left alone to just come up with it and then right just play this for me this is what i this is my vision you know so it's it's lovely to have both creative outlets for sure yeah yeah so um can you uh, can you just um describe the difference between the two of them between you've brought three tracks i should say um before we go any further uh with you from from your new album chase the sun um uh 
there uh, we're going to listen to those uh, those shortly and chase the sun is your second solo album but just uh, just before we talk about that um what's the what's the sort of key difference between uh, your your work in the parallax method and also uh, your solo work uh the solo works it's more song orientated so there's singing for starters there's lyrics um whereas the parallax method is purely instrumental right and it's heavily progressive um so if you if you're trying to relax <laughs> listening to something maybe parallax isn't the actual uh <laughs> thing that you should be listening to if you if you want something um like a an audible char- challenge an audible mm-hmm. challenge um then parallax is, is quite it's quite exciting to listen to whereas my my solo material is we, we often refer to it as being dad rock so right <laughs> you know uh just just a- aiming for you know catchy catchy melodies and um honest honest lyrics you know songs that people can relate to really okay cool so um so you brought these three tracks with you um we're going to start with pulling me under this is the first single from the new album uh the single's out now uh just talk us through this track well it's um i've had that riff the main riff for for some years and i've wanted to work it into a, a fresh song and i've finally done it as for like the concept behind you know like lyrically it's uh it was my attempt at kind of fusing <laughs> this might sound a bit cheesy but uh like fusing the deep mysteries of the ocean and um and falling in love um so so at, at the time um during lockdown we were watching a lot of um this australian tv series um which was i can't remember what it's called now <laughs> i think it was worry. called h h h2o i think it was called and um it was about mermaids and my little girl was obsessed with watching it so as mad as it sounds that kind of influenced it in a, in a way you know this kind of um kind of being drawn into the ocean by these mystical creatures i know that sounds really cheesy but um it, it i think it i think it worked out in the end so cool so let's have a listen to it um this is the first single from the album this is out now this is uh, danny beersley pulling me under There's no 
Danny Beardsley and uh, pulling me under. Uh, Danny's still with me, so um, that's that. You can sort of hear the uh, the sort of uh, proggy sort of influence in in your music, in your solo music as well. And I think that this is, uh, the, you know, there's a good sort of. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I think I describe it as accessible prog rock. Is that fair enough? Well, that, that's that's really cool to hear, actually, because. Um... I, I think I think subconsciously some of that prog influence from the parallax method has kind of bled through in a way. Um, it's nice that it's just a kind of a, a little nod <laughs> to, to that awesome genre. Yeah, I really love prog music. So it's um, yeah, it's not it's not a, a demanding listen as you described it earlier. It's uh, you know it's 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 still um, it's very accessible. It's very easy to listen to. Um, it's not sort of hard work, whereas a lot of prog can be like that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's the that's the genre, you know. It's like it's like a sort of uh, um, I hear a lot of parallels between prog rock and you know and uh, the, the complexities of jazz, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's not something that's um, that that we've just heard really. That's you know it, it's not uh, it's not impenetrable <laughs> to to <laughs> to the cognoscenti to anybody but the cognoscenti. You know, um, is that? Um, you seem almost surprised for me to mention that. Is that not something you think about when you're writing the music? Um, I, sp- I suppose it, you don't really think about things like that when you, you know, because you're you're in the moment, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of it's part of who you are, and you're just kind of letting the the music music flow. But that that's really that's really good to hear, actually. That there, that there is that you can hear some prog influence in there because the because I am definitely influenced by prog, but I'm, I, I I totally understand what you mean with prog music kind of investment which yeah. i'm i'm fine with i don't mind listening to a to an album 10 times until i actually get it um but with this album i was hoping it was more you know listen to it a couple of times and oh that's nice and catchy you know so yeah yeah i think that's probably i think that's what you've achieved to be honest uh because um i, I think sort of one of the things that gets lost uh you know in the sort of immediacy of spotify and the um uh, and the commodification of music um, is uh, you know a, a lot of um, a lot of uh, pop music tracks um, uh, in whatever form, you know, whatever genre they may be in, uh, are now crafted um, to have the the hook arrive at a certain point. Um, yeah. So so th- you know everything's sort of very uh, formulated. Uh, for Spotify and so uh, this, this is one of the reasons I started the podcast really to sort of uh, say okay well there's this galaxy of other music out there uh, that isn't quite so um, uh, regimented and you know and, and um, uh, plastic really um, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and and I think that that's uh, that's what you're achieving here really well thank you very much Rob I think the the thing is with um, a, a lot of music there's obviously only so many things we can do with so many with so many notes so many chord progressions but I, I i do like to try and experiment and you know throw the odd chord in there that kind of grabs the the listener's ear and go oh i wasn't really expecting that but on the other hand some chord progressions just work yeah you know you know so some some of the chord progressions we've all heard a million times they just work so some of those I, personally can't be avoided if you're if if you want to try and get a catchy chorus or or something like that, you know. Sure, but there's no need to reinvent the wheel, you know. There's no need to sort yeah. of say I'm not using that because yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. 
and is that something you I, I, I guess again it's it's not something you really consciously think about um when you're writing but is that something uh, do you think that that's uh, that that's been an influence on your writing do you think you've tried to avoid doing things that are too obvious or do you do you you know is it something that you're you're kind of hey well it sounds good who cares well you know most of the time rob i i'll start writing and i'd say a lot of those kind of predictable chord progressions show up first so i i don't mind working with those to to start with to get kind of the baseline down for the song Mm -hmm. and then what i'll do i'll experiment afterwards and see right if i just swap that chord there and just drop in another one or if i alter the vocal melody at that point or or even a lead line on the guitar ah what about if i just kind of like divert and go down a little bit more of a non-traditional scale kind of like bend the listener's ear just for a few seconds that's kind of how i approach everything you know it's the the backbone is something it, it, I'm, I'm i'm talking my solo material you know mm-hmm. um it tends to start out with a, a kind of a basic format and then i'll build upon that and, and bend and shape the music as i go it's a little bit more manageable that way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's um, it's certainly something that um, uh, that I think uh, what I've got in my mind is uh, the sort of other extreme um, of um, of basically. You know, you you, talk, you, you mentioned uh, bending the listener's ear. Um, the other extreme would be to just make it ugly, and it isn't ugly. And that's the thing. There's a, there's a kind of middle ground there of doing the unorthodox stuff, the, you know, the non-easy stuff, and not just sort of copying uh, these these uh, well-worn por- uh, uh, chord pro- progressions. Um, but then at the same time, you know, it's not change for change's sake. It does sound good. Um, what kind of? Um, how often do you get it wrong? <laughs> I don't mean how often do you publish it, but how long does it take you to to uh, you know to sort of uh, go through something and go ah, okay this this doesn't sound right this needs more work you know how often do you sort of sway from one side of the very very um, predictable uh, sound to the so unpredictable it's ugly you know and before you get that middle ground it's constant Rob <laughs> right up right up until the point of like finishing recording there's always. I, I think songs need time to to kind of uh, to breathe. Hmm. So it, I, I like to kind of put things down and come back to them. And I, I mean, th- this new album, it was in a completely different tuning. It was a lot, it was a lot heavier sounding. It was like all detuned. Um, but I ended up going back and rewriting everything, transposing everything into a different. Um, a different tune, still in the same key, but a different tuning, so it would have a different tone, and it would mm. force me to use different different chords and approach the, in particular, the guitar to approach it from a different angle and use different different scales and everything without boring the listener too much. But um, I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of making changes to things. I'm not too um, protective over those initial ideas. The part that I like the most is is the, the tweaking along the process. In fact, if you spoke to Ben and Dave uh, from the band, that's Ben Edis and Dave Wright, um, they would they'd, they'd just laugh and tell you, yeah, it's this stuff changing all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they think uh, we've finished something, it's like, you've changed it again? Why? I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and is that true of your live shows? I mean, you've only played one in less two and a half years, so maybe it's difficult to tell, but, um, but is, is, it, um, is it different every time on stage? 
No, um, as far as playing live, I've always, I've always been a very, um, I like to play things as they are, the way that I've written and recorded them. Recorded them. Right. Um, I mean, playing as a three-piece, if you was to listen to this album, as we spoke about earlier, there's a, there's certain like uh, elements of you know acoustic in there. I I haven't got like it's a bit more of like a stripped back kind of sound live, which is which is cool. I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more raw, but also the same. So I don't change anything unless cool. I lose concentration and start playing, let's say jazz notes. Yeah, free form, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, let's have a listen to the to the second of the tracks you brought along. This is Lonely Mile. It's the second single. Um, and that's going to be released on the 8th of June, just a few days away from now as we speak. Um, tell us about the, uh, the the concept behind Lonely Mile. Uh, so so this, this song started uh, probably six, seven years ago. No, longer, longer than that. I can't put an exact date on it. But it started out as a, a piano piece with, with acoustic guitar. And my wife wrote the lyrics for this, which I'm incredibly proud of her for, because I think she's done a brilliant job. Um, and it's the the track is to raise awareness for people who care for loved ones, and um, it's due to be released during Carers Week, and the video um, signpost viewers to all the charities that support carers. Mm. They certainly are the unsung heroes, and um, this song is for those guys. Understands your pain, and every day is such a strain when your life is no longer yours. When you reach your point and don't know what to do, who is there to care for you? Life doesn't.
Lonely Mile uh, from Danny Beersley, the second single um, uh, from the album Chase the Sun. That's uh, released uh, next week. Um, so, so Danny, uh, uh, just as uh, as Lonely Mile was playing out there, we were we were just chatting. I was saying that the the, the sound uh, of, of all your tracks, including that one, um, is is really it's kind of hard to pin down. But to me, it, it sounds like um, it, it's hard to tell uh, really whether it's a very finely polished live recording um or you know or a or a um a, a sort of very authentic sounding studio recording which is it it's the latter right okay cool. yeah and um, and um the uh, so on the production how how who does the mastering who does the who, who does the recording is that a sort of joint effort between the three of you have you got somebody else you bring in so the, the mastering was done by a company called Audio Animals, which I've used um, for, the, for the Parallax stuff. We used Audio Animals for the Parallax stuff. Um, but as far as the recording goes, the bulk of that was done at my home studio. So basically I'd start out with, with the demos and I generally try and start writing songs acoustically first. Cause I, I, I think if... I mean, this doesn't work all the time, but I, th- I think if you've got a song there with just vocals and an acoustic guitar, it's you're probably going to have you're not going to have as many problems trying to um, like build upon it. Hmm. If the foundation is there, um, it makes everything else a little bit easier. So that's how I tend to uh, approach most of the material, and then I'll kind of build upon that. So the the drums, I like programmed and crafted those and then i uh like played bass well butchered the bass because i'm not a bass <laughs> player but you know put all the bass lines together and what i wanted to play and then i and then i kind of send them out to ben and dave and then they they put their their stamp on it because they can make them sound a lot more authentic i didn't want it to sound like uh, like a wall of sound Mm. Uh, it, I think that I think that works really good, but I, I wanted dynamics with this this recording, and and in particular, I'm a big fan of albums that have got a contrast of instruments. So there's a there's a lot of acoustic guitar underneath everything, which kind of gives that a little bit of chime, yeah, that eeriness underneath everything, um, and then the 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 vocals are all just sang, like getting good takes. I um, I know it works from some people like tweaking things with software and things like that. But I, I'm, I, if I can't do it, then I need to reassess it. <laughs> I, I think that comes until across. I can actually do it. I, I think that's. So, I think I can hear that in the recording um, that that it is authentic, and the um, the recordings generally. All sound, considering you're all in different places when you are recording the stuff. The, the the you know the everything's got its own space, um, but everything comes together really perfectly, really. Um, and to me, you know, if I close my eyes and listen to any of your tracks on this album, um, it, it it does conjure up images of listening to you in a small barn, kind of uh, <laughs> jamming away, but you know, on a on a technically very very tight level. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 got that warmth of sound and that intimacy, um, but also the clarity of a of a fine studio recording, which is why it's difficult to tell. I think whether it's uh, uh, you know whether it is a live um, 
uh, recording or whether it's uh, whether it's all very very finely tuned so so that was the uh, that was the sort of motivation behind my question there yeah it, it, as far as like the the mixing goes it was um i'm kind of self-taught with that <laughs> right so, um and basically relying on on my ears to build it that that's the key thing that we're that was aiming for right can i hear can i hear the bass can yeah. i hear the acoustic well if i if i listen carefully can, can i hear what the guitars are doing can i hear every lyric and uh, and that was the main that's the main focus because uh, no disrespect to some albums that i've that I love and listen to hmm. sometimes it's just overpowering with the amount of layers that are in there and you can't you can't distinguish certain elements um and I mean that with the the most amount of respect possible because I'm, I'm still learning Absolutely. how to mix and I'm, I'm I'm still learning everything you know uh, it's part of the journey yeah yeah <laughs> as yeah, it is. And, sounds, you know, there's more than one way to make music you know and this is yeah totally uh, you know there's uh uh, there's no sort of um, there's no single way to do it as long as it sounds no, good. Uh, not, then- n- not at all. And I, I, I'm a huge Devin Townsend fan. Fan. Right. And I, if you listen to, him, they are absolutely stacked <laughs> to to the ceiling with different sounds. It's a mad absolute wall of sound all the way through. I absolutely love it. It's just I didn't want that from for this album. I don't think it would have sounded right. Yeah, it'd be boring if everything sounded the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's listen to your third single from the album, um The Chance to Live. So um so this is uh when's this out? This isn't out yet, is it the third single? Uh the third single is out when the album is released, which is the 24th of June. Okay, cool. And um uh, and the the album's called Chase the Sun, but we'll we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um The ch- uh, Chance to Live. Um just briefly explain uh what this song's about. Um, it's it's inspired by my fear of taking chances and generally getting caught up in a, like a repetitive cycle. Um, and and sometimes you can feel a little bit beaten down by your own your own inner judgment, which can in turn stop you from growing and embracing who we're supposed to be. Mm. Um, so that so this was my attempt at kind of projecting some positivity. And, and battling some of those negative thoughts, which I think I think a lot of people have at times. Um, yeah, and that, that's what that it, that song's supposed to. Um, the idea was supposed to be kind of like uplifting, especially when it reaches the lead line. Uh, um, so let's have a listen then. The chance to yeah. live. <laughs> Hopefully, it comes across. <laughs> chance to live, Danny Biz. <laughs> Yeah, I get tired with a 
corruption You might be wrong, stay strong It's all denying of not We all be the same, the vanity will then Beardsley and the chance to live um, so Danny uh, just before we wrap up uh, tell us about the album the album's called Chase the Sun what's behind that so that is a line from uh, the track No Regrets and and this song I wrote for my for my daughter um, so I, w- I wanted to to write something that she can revisit and listen to if she's you know if she's ever feeling low or anything like that and it just like words of encouragement and um you know just a way of kind of telling her it'll be all right you know because sometimes that's all you need to hear isn't it so and um I, i'm a firm believer in letting <laughs> letting letting people in our lives that we you know that we love let them know daily so uh, yes it's uh and i think that's why the, the title of the album it just it kind of resonated and i thought it'd make a good a good a good title for the whole yeah. album 
Yeah, yeah. And and so um, just um, conceptually, um, let's, uh, the whole album, um, how how do you kind of sum that up then? Uh, I, th- I think a lot of it is, I think I've really pushed myself lyrically um, compared to the first album. So I was kind of finding my feet a little bit with the first album. Um, not not to say that I'm not proud of what that album did, but um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff like tackling um, some like mental health issues mm-hmm. that I wanted to kind of. It was a very cathartic process, kind of writing about it, and in a way, I think sometimes you just need to know that somebody else. Is, is having a bit of a a bad time as well so yeah you're not kind of it's kind of a yeah yeah and it's 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 nice to know that you, you're not alone you know so so there's a there's a couple of songs on there that kind of kind of touching on that subject there's um there's a a track called hurricane which i wrote when i was about i think i was 19 and i remember watching the film um have you seen the film the hurricane with um, um, Denzel Washington, uh, I don't a, think I have. Well, it's it, definitely watch it, Rob. It's really okay. good. Um, and it's it's a true story about this um, boxer called Ruben Hurricane Carter, and he was like, wrongly convicted of, um, and he was locked up for like nineteen, twenty years um, of like racial injustice in prison. Mm. And I, I remember back then it like really affected me. Like, oh my god, I can't leave this this is awful so i wrote a song about it back then and and it's always been like one of the songs i kind of wanted to revamp mm. so the the time has come and i i included it on this album so it's a little bit more rocked up um i i always hope that 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 you get to hear it but he's not around anymore so which is a shame so so yeah there's a couple of like you know love songs on there and there's um yeah this it's it's kind of Try to keep the lyrics nice and nice and relatable mm. and honest in their day. So excellent. Well, if you like what you've heard already, you're going to love it. Danny's new album, Chase the Sun, is out on the 24th of June, 2022. Uh, that's a Friday. Get it in your diary. Um, but uh, but that wraps up uh, our time together. Danny, thanks so much for joining me and uh, and bringing your three tracks along. Thank you, Rob. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a rating. There's a full track list available on the show page, as well as uh, links to buy uh, Danny's single and find Danny on social media uh, and buy the album when it comes out on the 24th of June. Uh, just go to Pomona.rocks and search for Danny Beardsley. Uh, subscribe uh, to our feed. Just search your podcast provider for Pomona Rocks. Find us on socials at Pomona Rocks. Uh, thanks once again to Danny Beardsley. Don't forget the album Chase the Sun is out on the 24th of June. I've been the real Rob Taylor. This is Pomona Rocks. I'll see you next time thanks for listening the real rob taylor on pomona rocks this has been a reads more production for pomona rocks everything you hear on pomona rocks is protected by copyright all tracks played are included with the express permission of the copyright holders all rights reserved